Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We are so excited because we are one week away from Formula One racing on track again. This is John Massengill, and I'm in my home studio still with the pandemic still going on. And I got Les Kaiser in his home studio. Les, how's it going, man? Oh, man, we're doing great. Yeah, we call it the Poor House Garage and Social Club. There's always something cold to drink. There's always somebody stopping by, and we <laughs> have wrenches. <laughs> so, uh, no, uh, gosh, I am getting excited. I've been listening to the podcast out here, working in the garage today, listening to anybody that's talking Formula One, and I will tell you, the world is coming to life. Oh, man, I'm so excited. And, we, and, and you know, of course, we're missing Jonathan Green and Dave O'Neill, but they're both actually live at a racetrack and they're both oh, excited man. yeah yeah i know i'm, I'm also <laughs> disappointed that i'm not there with them but they're both out at uh, at mid ohio because out there jonathan's doing the trans am and is also working with the f3 f4 series both the, the american f3 and f4 and so is dave o'neill so we did a uh, they they recorded a segment that we're going to play here they sent that to me about an hour ago so we're going to play that here in a few minutes and they talk about all the young and upcoming drivers through the formula ladder and news around that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Dave's working with one of the young drivers and he'll talk about that. And also Jonathan and Dave discuss uh, Ferrari coming to IndyCar. I mean, that story has been bubbling out there a little bit too. Hmm. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hmm. And also a really interesting story about Circuit of the Americas. I don't know how much, I didn't really get to hear this entire segment, so we just got it. So some stories about Circuit of the Americas from Dave O'Neill. So we'll find out what's going on there. But again, we are one week from Formula One racing, and this is the last of our Formula One preseason shows, of course. And so this is the fourth in the series. If you missed the rest of them, go back to our website or our iTunes or, or wherever we, we put all our radio shows up on podcast, but speedcitybroadcast.com. And of course, next weekend, we're going to be live with our pre-race show. You know, we do our, our national pre-race show that is both pre and post-race for every Formula One race uh, between the BBC's coverage of play-by-play. -play. And to find out how to listen to that, go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Hey, you know, folks, what's cool about it during the season is more so you can tune in like on Facebook or Twitter and some of those other places and follow Speed City and get involved in the conversation, not only with us, but sometimes with our guests. We'll take your questions if you wanna post them on that live feed there and uh, keep you involved with it. Yeah, we're recording this one on the Saturday before because of the, uh, the, because of the pandemic, really. We're still not in the studios yet, but we will be live next weekend. And we, of course, we love to take your phone calls and we do that. We did that all the last couple of seasons and you'll be able to, and of course with Dave O'Neill as part of the show this year. And if you don't, if you don't know Dave, if you haven't heard a show recently, Dave is the former sporting director team manager for the Haas F1 team as recently as 2017. And he's got an, a massive amount of formula one experience and he's such a fantastic resource. He was also the team manager at, Mauricia, if you remember that team, he was there for five years. So he was with Hasef One for three years. And so 
it is an amazing resource to have him. So I, what I love is that uh, now that he's not actually in the F1 paddock, he's a lot more loose and uh, <laughs> has better explanations about, oh yeah, here's why you don't do that. Or yeah, well, we didn't do it because of that guy. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's uh, you know, not quite as politically correct or, or conservative right now. And he can tell you the real, the real behind the scenes info. And I love chatting with him i mean away from this show as well like i said great resource it's gonna be a lot of fun this season yep it is well hey i want to start with a story about circuit of the americas because bobby epstein and coda were talking about the united states grand prix which as you know if you're a formula one fan we only have eight races that are officially scheduled because that's what it's going to take to have an official U.S. World Champ, I mean, a, an official championship, but the U.S. Grand Prix is not officially have a date set right now. And so Bobby Epstein was talking to the guys at Auto Week. I did reach out to them, but I haven't heard anything. But they, they talked to the guys at, uh, at Auto Week about what's happening with the pandemic and everything. And it, it's very interesting to hear the, you know, hear what they're saying, because in fact, let me read this quote from Bobby. He says, we don't have a, a perfectly clear picture right now, he said. He said, I think what they learned in Europe was that they could wait until the last possible minute to make a decision. And we're not in the last possible minute, he says, for deciding what's going on here. We don't have a firm. It's going to be with fans or it's going to be without fans or whether it even makes sense to even come to the U.S. But he says right now they are planning on F1 coming to Austin, to here in Austin, where we are. And so that's good news. But we don't really know any more than we did because uh, further in the article, he talks about you know, if they're going to have uh, up to 20,000 people or some smallish, let's say, they could prepare for that in a couple of weeks is what he says. But if they're going to have more than that, then they need their traditional 100 days. But less the way this pandemic is going and the way Texas is now well, a hot spot, I don't really see this going off with the full 250,000 fans over a three-day weekend. No, I absolutely do not. And, you know, with the time frames, things that are going on here in Texas, I mean, quite honestly, let's not get political, but we didn't handle it well in the United States or Texas. You know, poor Eddie Gossage has the little place up north at Fort Worth. They're supposed to have NASCAR running next weekend. They had special approval from our governor to do that on a, uh, on a large scale, not fully up to capacity. But yesterday, the governor just locked down the state again in another way. I sent him a message yesterday after that conference asking him, you said this last Friday that NASCAR was going to have the race in Fort Worth. Has that changed? Uh, you got cricket echoes from there. No response. From Gossage. Yeah, no message at all in a response. So uh, even the, there you go. There's a what one week can do to you currently oh yeah i mean and let's face it right now i you know i was watching the the national uh pandemic response team right and they said they, they're showing hot spots and austin was the number one hot spot on their list i don't know all the details but the point is it's bad here in texas right now and we're gonna have to deal with that now as we know three months could make a dramatic change right we don't know what could happen in three months well we've seen what other countries did in four weeks uh, it, it, to me, if they get serious about this, we all look silly with masks for three or four weeks. We go around smelling like disinfectant and everything we touch tastes like it. I think we'll be okay and we'll be able to have a sizable audience at that point. Yeah, uh, it's very true. But but the bottom line is, is that uh, there's a really good article on, in Auto Week talking all about Circuit of the Americas and what could happen. And, you know, one thing that they mentioned in that article was we may not be uh, seeing a big name, you know, like we had like Pink and all the other big names we've had over the last few years, that that may not happen. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, one of the things that is bringing up consideration uh, is that all of this, you know, imagine it written in chalk for the North American run is what if they did a double header at Circuit of the Americas you could essentially double your attendance by half of y'all going on Saturday for the race, half of y'all on Sunday or subsequent weekends. However they decide the doubleheader approach could be, that could greatly increase the attendance opportunity for a race at the Circuit of the Americas. The other thing that's going on, think about 
the promoters and the venues, how they are played into this. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Circuit of the Americas pays well over $30 million a year to be on the calendar. Uh, a lot of that revenue comes back from attendees, vendors, hotel taxes create the major event trust fund that comes back into their pockets once proven the revenue came in, all those kind of things. I'm really interested in hearing what Liberty Media does for these big venues that are on the old generation uh, Formula One management's uh, hosting campaigns and, and contracts. I think we're going to go towards a revenue share uh, probably earlier, at least for this year, uh, that many of them don't have. That's yeah, it, yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch how this all plays out. And I mean, look, we've had we have we've we've had IndyCar cancel here at Coda. We've had MotoGP cancel here at Coda, or at least temporarily. We don't know about that about MotoGP Looking for at sure. The middle of November right now was right the, now uh, the drafted date that I saw. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. But I mean, hey, look, I. I, I think right now there's, I don't know, what, maybe 50-50 chance it's going to happen here in Austin. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed and and hope for the best. Done. Yeah. Hey, I do got a, there's a couple more stories. We're going to play that segment with Jonathan Green and Dave O'Neill here in the second segment, but uh, we got a couple minutes here left. But I do want to talk about Ferrari testing at Mugello because how cool is that? Because, I mean, especially for Ferrari, because it looks like Mugello, Mugello has a good chance of becoming one of the circuits that they put on the calendar this year. And so Ferrari was doing some testing there. And, you know, it looks like that that potentially could be after the Italian Grand Prix in September. So um, that was I interesting. Would, I think it would be phenomenal. And I think, you know, gee, I wish there could be a fan turnout. But consider that the thousandth Grand Prix for Ferrari happens this year, we hope. <laughs> And, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, how cool would it be to have to have uh, Magello running again? Mm, yeah, and you know, Les, I do want to talk a little bit about that testing before we go to the break because that testing is a little different this year because a lot of this testing that they're doing right now is all about what's going on with the pandemic because they're they're testing, learning how to interact with each other and how to interact with distancing and 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 getting all of their jobs done in a in this crazy pandemic so it's not really just is. normal testing that's what's going on right now so a lot it's it's testing about our different things and, and let's talk about the obvious things so we know that there are going to be no fans at the races no team guest sponsors are not going to be invited as well the press is going to be heavily reduced so you know if, if we were traveling again as speed city does sometimes We've got to make sure that we're actually going to get in the track. Otherwise, we're going to be outside the fence wishing we could. Uh, I've heard numbers anywhere from 10 to 20 uh, broadcast team or journalists would be attending other than FOM team. So you can see that's going to be very little coverage uh, in that manner, at least as, as what we're used to. Press would not have access to the paddock and all interviews would be via video. So, you know, Zoom or, or what have you. That's a big deal. Now, how does it affect the teams? The teams are getting restrictions to where they're only going to be bringing about half of their on-site race day staff with them. And so that's a big part of it. It even goes down to the guys, the team members that are touching the car. The ones that are touching the car, remember, they're all going to be in PPE and face shields and yep. going through all the hygienic stuff that they have to. Well, what does that do when you reduce those people? Well, we took half the team away and now it's gonna, it might take us considerably long. It will take us considerably long to do the things we do every day at the track around that car. The servicing, the monitoring, the data downloads, the tires, the measurements, you know, all the inspections and things. Well, now you've got half the people to do that. So what they're doing is they're going to extend the work day uh, reducing the curfews, you know, as we see when we're at the track, they have a curfew, everybody's out of the garage, the doors are closed and everybody leaves because you're not allowed to do anything else uh, as far yep. as a team. So they're leaving. Uh, that's going to impact on Thursdays and Fridays. Another thing that's different, strategy is changing. F1 is also managing what to do with the tires. The tire sets are being changed from, you know, before, John, you could order 
certain selections of tires for your weekend. I would order mine. Well, no more of that. This, uh, you're getting what you're getting, and what you're getting are two hard sets, three medium sets, and eight soft sets, and make them last all weekend because we're not giving you any more. Now, would that be a great question to ask Dave O'Neill? I can't wait to get him back in the studio because as a team manager, you're like, this is so different from every season. So, I mean, you it's going to be, this is going to be amazing. But all right, well, speaking of Dave O'Neill and Jonathan Green, I, let's go to break because we got, um, we got a, an interview with those guys they did, a little recorded segment from them uh, when they were out at Mid-Ohio. So let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Speed City. We're from Austin, Texas, and we'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are going to go right into a little segment here that Jonathan Green and Dave O'Neill recorded for us because they are, this weekend, they're both up at Mid-Ohio because they're doing some reconnaissance. Jonathan's doing a little work for Trans Am and as well as for the US F3 and F4 series. And they both are up there talking about the young drivers. So let's go ahead and hear from Jonathan Green and Dave O'Neill right now. Thanks, John. Yeah, I'm here at Mid-Ohio, a rather soggy Mid-Ohio, with Dave O'Neill. And, uh, yes, we're both gainfully employed, getting back to racing, which we're delighted about. But, sadly, um, it's a bit wet. We're doing Trans Am, SVRA, F3, F4. There's all sorts going on here. But, Dave, uh, Dave, you're here looking after one of the um, F4 drivers. Um, and, a, and a, a kind of weird first race for the championship. Yeah, very weird. Um, so, yeah, here looking after uh, Aiden Yoda, number 44. Um, California, right? California, yep. Yeah. Uh, born and bred. Um, and we uh, we had a bit of a strange start to the race. The race was cut by uh, fifth, down to 15 minutes for the start. Um, and uh, as the uh, drivers went to, to form to the grid, they uh, confirmed it was going to be a wet race. So... Um, all, uh, all wets were on as I say um, and then um, first lap made a really good start um, probably got five or six places um, and then I don't know what the end game is but someone um, someone took someone off um, and uh, the safety car came out so um, the rest of the race was held behind the safety car 
um, for the shortened period of the 15 minutes. So I don't know how it's going to um, pan out because uh, you, you've got to think about whether 70% of the race was had, um, whether the points count, whether you go to half points. I need to have a read of the rules quickly and see where, where, uh, where we end up on that. How's Aiden getting on? I know his kart exploits have been very good. He's done a year and he's done some slicks and wins, so he's not new to this. Um, but it's an important year, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, once you've done your rookie year, this is the year you have to do the business in. Um, and it, from what I've seen here, you know, it is all about track time for the youngsters. Um, unfortunately, virtually every session has been cut short. But you know, you have to uh, you have to be in it to win it. So. Um, if that's the trend for the rest of the season, we just got to make sure we uh, we get out and do all the all the laps required. The tyres seem to be reasonably hard on these cars, so you know your quickest lap is your last lap. Um, so, yeah, a lot to learn from the weekend, even though. Now I'm sure I know you've got to the dizzy heights of Formula One, but I'm sure you spent a, 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 a cold and frosty morning at Snetterton looking at the new talent coming up, which is what we're kind of doing here in the United States, and it's exciting times because both F4 Americas and the new FF Regional, as the former F3 Championship uh, was called here in the States, has already got uh, Dakota Dickerson and Carl Kirkwood on their way. Honda have come in and are offering big prize money with a chance to go on the road to Indy. There's super license potential points up for grabs for these youngsters. So we really are looking at the, at the, at the future talent. And of course, what we all want to know is what your mate Gunter is looking for, which is perhaps the next American star. Uh, but I'm really pleased, and I'm sure you're looking at it for the first time, to see such a, a, a good, robust F4 and F3 field this year with a lot of talent. And not just from America, but from all over the world. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um... The, yeah, I, I remember spending those um, <laughs> those mornings at Brands Hatch and yeah. uh, Snetterton, um, eating a cold bacon sandwich for breakfast or for the day actually. Um, but yeah, the 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 grids. Um, I think there was something like 30 cars in the Formula Four, Formula Three. Um, last year there was only six, and there's probably 20 plus um, this year. Um, I went to the drivers' briefing the other day, um, and it was almost like. I didn't leave school, but I grew up. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the, I think the oldest must have been about 15 and a half in there. But um, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see um, see how it's panning out in the states. Um, looking for drivers, you, you you really are looking for someone who can consistently um, get results um, in the rain, in the dry, um, and they, you know, keep out of trouble, um, and that and that's how you get yourself on the score sheet. And normally, as we say, you know, the best man normally does does end up winning the championship, um, unless there's some extraordinary um, happenings. But there's there's a lot of lot of kids here um, to learn their names um, and also follow them each weekend. Um, I think there's potential here, um, but also when you do get a bigger grid, the racing becomes tighter, and that's what we need to see is tighter mm. racing. You tend to see some of the, the people that do make it into F1 head from the, the North Americas to um, to the UK or Europe to get the, the race craft. But if you can keep the, um, the grids full here, I do believe that the racing will get better with the, the fuller grids, um, and then we might turn out some, uh, some stars of the future. So me and Dave are here checking out the future stars of America and a couple of names to mention, Aiden Yoda, who uh, Dave's just mentioned, uh, Christian Bogle, pole position for the Formula 4 race, and I would probably add um, Josh Carr, uh, champion of F4, now moving up to F3, uh, the young Australian who's been on the show before, but uh, he's uh, looking pretty good too, didn't have the best of starts this weekend, but watch out for him. So a few names to think about. Uh, of up-and-coming drivers but now I just want to change subjects a little bit um, let's get back to Formula One because that's what the show is about obviously we're looking for the talent that can maybe get all the way there but there is a really good story bubbling around at the moment in Formula One and here in America when Ferrari has been connected to Indy uh, it's something that Mark your mate brought up on the show a couple of weeks ago and I kind of followed up really because I, I, I think it's such a great story because Ferrari really have won everything except really anything in America. And I don't mean that rudely, but of course, IMSA's, they've done brilliantly. Uh, Formula One's been here and Ferrari have had a fantastic record at Indy at the Brickyard on the Grand Prix round the other way, but they've never done the 500 to any real extent. But there is now talk, and Bonotto has confirmed it, um, that they're looking at potentially going to Indy. Now, why would they do that? Isn't that surely taking the eye off the ball when they're, when they're chasing a Formula One championship? 
Well, I think the, the bigger picture would be um, how far these Formula One teams look ahead, you know, two, three, maybe five years in some cases. And um, we, we, we have to look at um, the budget cap is probably one thing that's um, fired off this, this in the first place is these companies are very loyal to their people. Um, and also, if the budget cap doesn't work, um, as it's been tried before, maybe it'll work for a couple of years and then they'll find areas to shoot off in. You don't really want to be getting rid of your IP, you know, laying people off. So it's expensive, but there's also other avenues that you can lay your staff into. Ferrari in particular, I guess their, you know, their best, um, best sales are in North America and have mm -hmm. been for an awful lot of time. Um, Indy with Roger, uh, Roger Penske taking over, I think it's really important that we don't take our eye off the ball there. He's a man that does everything properly um, and typically everything he touches sort of turns to gold. So um, with those big players in the ring, I think it's a really good story um, if, it come, if it comes true. Um, Ferrari will probably end up bringing some of their staff over to the US to run the operation. Um, they want to keep everything in-house so they don't want anything out. Um, I guess they'll, they'll set up some form of base over here um, and then transfer the staff, maybe maybe teach some of the, the, the guys and girls in the States so they have they have um, some sort of format and base base here for, for the staff. But I, I think in particular, um, if it does happen, it'd be really good for the sport um, stateside. And for someone like yourself who's you know been in, in that position effectively with Haas and Jordan and uh, many teams, but um, when you do the, the, the legwork of getting good talent in your team, the last thing you want to do is furlough them. Um, you want to keep it in-house, as you say, and you want to keep the budget. So there's a, there's a lot more reasons than just the sort of mystique of Ferrari wanting to beat the Americans. There's, there's actually some real practical reasons for keeping the R&D and, the, and, the, and the, the time that you've invested in good staff. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also, we don't know in what capacity they'll come in, but you would have thought they'll come in with the power unit, the new regulations, I think, come out in 2022 um, so it's a really good time to get into it um, maybe a little bit a little bit short to develop a power unit but you know they have the they have the capacity to do to do that and fulfill um, the obligation there I guess but yeah power unit gearbox um, and, and all the other electronics that go along with running running that sort of complex unit just need an Andretti to drive it I know he's Mario's been quite vociferous about wanting to, to come into Indy but um, yeah. I think you're right I think Roger Penske he's got some background with certainly the same sponsors that Ferrari have had in the past with Philip Morris and so on so I think there's some good crossovers there and it really is, would be a great story for Indy to have a third engine manufacturer besides Honda and Chevrolet agreed agreed and um, you know and maybe more mm. you know, if, if the likes of Ferrari are are attracted to Indy um, for sure there'd be the uh, other OEMs that want to get involved um, the only reason they do it is it sells cars so if it sells cars the Ferrari it's going to sell them for, for the others I mean Honda as you have we seen in this paddock they've they've had a good go and they're digging deep for, for the power units We'll stay out the wet. It's a bit like uh, Snedderton in the wet today or Brands Hatch in the wet today, but uh, a couple more races to go. Best of luck to Aidan Yoda, and uh, thanks for talking to us, Dave. But uh, back to you in the studio, but be well aware that me and Dave are on the case. We're in mid-Ohio, and we're checking out the talent of what's going on in the paddock. Last bit of news, great bit of news, right on the heels of talking to you this weekend we've just heard that Tony Perella who runs SVRA has also bought the commercial rights to both the single-seater series here so we're going to be seeing a lot of these single-seaters obviously I'm involved in Trans Am so I'm writing the money there too because I'll be watching very closely what these youngsters do and of course Dave will too absolutely yeah and there's um, there's maybe a, a story bubbling up about the, the Cota um, Circuit of the Americas. A um, little bit too early to say, but the, there's uh, there's rumble in the jungle there that something's happening. So. Stand by for Austria. We'll get Dave in the studio for that one. But thanks, and back to you guys in the studio. Oh man, those guys sound like they are having a blast. I know that. I mean, Jonathan. I know they were both apprehensive about getting on a plane and going out there, but they sound like they're having a blast. The energy of being back at a racetrack. But I tell you what, Les. I don't know what O'Neill has stumbled across. Uh, this story about Coda, but we will definitely yeah, be on top of it. There have been a lot of rumors about what's going on. What could COVID do to this? Well, it, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's obvious that any racing venue, if you go back to our, our 2012 shows, uh, a lot of racing venues start up, 
and they stumble for a while and then they get settled again and they go forward. Obvious major business changes uh, are going on. Bobby you know, alludes to it in his, his uh, article as well. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting to watch. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and take our next break, and we'll be back after these messages to continue to talk about our Formula One upcoming season. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1 and you are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We have a lot to talk about considering that racing has not officially started yet. We're one week away and excited about that. Our hearts are racing. Yeah. Uh, but hey, Les, I want to continue to talk a little bit more about the about the way COVID is affecting the teams and the way the season is going, particularly on race day. Yeah, you're right. The teams are uh, Formula One, FIA, the teams, everybody's taking exhaustive things to really control it and, you know, staging and doing a great job on race day we're going to see quite a few differences on the grid you know when you go walking through a grid at right at the start of the day or the race it's quite busy there's people you know reaching over each other you know bumping into each other and all that kind of things well it's not going to be that way uh it's going to vary according to venue some of these you'll actually see a grid made up some of these you will go out to the formation lap directly from your garage location and on the pit lane that you actually will not be out on the track in the grid formation that we've seen before. You know, like I said, that is dependent on the venue. If the venue will support a grid as we're accustomed to, it'll be much less populated and there will be shorter times of that entire reduced population being out on track. So it's a big deal in how that's gonna be handled. Again, addressing how often any congregation is together. 
the last thing we're going to see the podiums there's not any there's no podiums as we saw what we're probably going to see is something very similar to we saw this past year and the two years actually when uh, the top qualifiers wound up and the three cars came to the front straight away outside yeah. the garages and had conversations in that there's a discussion that uh, they're probably going to do something like that to uh, provide a, a podium like setting and presentation and celebration Again, it's going to be very controlled into how many folks get to be there. So, it, it, you know, you and me sitting in the middle of, you know, the Super Bowl, Superdome is, is kind of strange, <laughs> but that's what it's going to, you know, those are the considerations they're going. I mean, I got to hand it to FOM. They're doing a lot to uh, really kind of control this and yet provide serious racing. Well, and in our production meeting yesterday, we had Dave O'Neill in there and, and to quote him, he said, if I know F1, this will be the safest place on earth because of the thoroughness and, you know, everything in F1 is to the nth degree, right? Well, so is the, the structure for keeping the teams and everyone around them safe. So uh, it's well, hey, going to be- They were the teams building respirators and filter systems and all that. So I'm sure they're stocked well. <laughs> that's true. And, you know, that's, that's, that's all also how the teams got involved as, as we all know. We've probably seen these stories. They helped- do um, respirators and other equipment because I mean at, look that's that's what race teams do right they react and then react and either build or engineer or something so it's hey, one more perfect. item on that yeah this week Formula One the store safe1.com at the store because check that out the newest thing Formula One mask <laughs> Formula One mask so I you did. can get your own be all hooked up, look official. You'll look great sitting on the couch watching the race. <laughs> well, if you're on the couch, hopefully you won't have to wear a mask. But when you go when you go out to the grocery store, but yeah, that's cool. I did see those last. That's actually pretty cool. Well, there's lots to talk about. We were just, uh, as I was just saying, one thing that's ha that happened less is they that Formula One announced. Uh, I'm going to call it controversial, but it's it's new TV graphics for this year, and the reason I'm going to call it controversial is because. I mean, I looked at them and the first thing I thought of, I thought, I wonder if they could have different graphics for different markets, because these graphics are kind of cool. If you're, they're great. If you've never watched Formula One or if you're casual viewer, if you just haven't really gotten fully into it. But I think if you're a big fan, then these may be distracting, but they had some, they've got it on their website and they tweeted out and posted out on places, some of the examples of these graphics. Um, I do like this effort because anything that is going to help bring fans into the sport, I like that. And let's face it, it is a complicated sport, right? I mean, if you just, if you just sat down and started watching, there's so many things you, you would not know about Formula One. So these graphics are going to help do that. And some of the things they're going to do are they're going to do this ultimate driver speed comparison, which allows fans to see how their favorite drivers compare to other drivers in history, dating back to 1983. So... Uh, my issue, I mean, I, I absolutely love all this going on. My issue when we go comparing today versus 20 years ago versus 20 years before that is yeah. it's not like for like in tires. It's not like for like in cars. You know, if, if you're around SCCA solo events, you have the PAX index, the PAX. Yeah. The PAX index, the idea was to take you, John, and your Corvette and me and my car, my Honda Accord, <laughs> and put in a multiplier to equalize the vehicles and basically level set that. And then we figure out what the driver is actually accomplishing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of studies of that to get through that, but I'm totally welcome to it. As far as the, uh, the graphics on the screen, what I would love to do, and you know, using Amazon cloud services that uh, FIA and Formula One are doing They've got data from every team. They've got the venue data. They've got all of that. Imagine if you could set, you know, like a Tesla dashboard. Okay, I want these settings for Hamilton. I want these for the second place. You know, I want these on Max. I want these on Seb. I would love to be able to pick out certain things like that and just keep a rolling ticker of my favorite handful of drivers on certain criteria of theirs. 
Yeah, and I could see them doing that on like F1 TV, F1TV.com or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, because, you know, as we've seen in the past, like on ESPN has a Super Bowl, they've got, or when whoever has a Super Bowl, they, they have um, different channels for different uh, viewpoints. They might have that. I've heard they might do that at, at Sky in the UK, but I don't know how they're going to do that. But anyway, it's going to be interesting. And I thought that was worth discussing because there's definitely a little bit of controversy to that. And, you know, well, remember I, MotoGP, they have kind of bounced around back and forth on what graphics or what information they're going to put on the world feed for MotoGP. I love seeing the lane angle as well as G-forces when it was dotting around under acceleration, the G-force going back in the circle. I love all those graphics. I love the speed, uh, things of that nature. When they moved the lane angle, they, they removed it from their graphic. And I was disappointed in it because there was a lot of news around the tire. And so just as MotoGP does it, there are changes around Formula One. And I'd like to be able to go, oh, last year, you know, Marquez was leaning at 64 degrees and this year he's only 59 and it's a different mm -hmm. tire now. I'd like to have that comparison in my mind and, and you especially, Mr. Know-it-all, your data <laughs> recall on that, you'd be loving seeing that data in, uh, that comes back. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. I, I, uh, I'm in favor of, of being able to display data. I just want to make sure that it's not you know, too distracting, I guess, is the bottom line. So we'll see how it goes. And I, I applaud them for giving it a shot. But hey, I saw a, a really good uh, article on the F1 website. And I, I've got it up right now because I want to talk about because there's a potential of eight F1 records being broken in 2020. And, and really, some of these are fascinating. Number one is Hamilton race wins. You know, he just sits, he, Hamilton sits seven race wins behind Schumacher. If we were in a full race season, I would say that that would be seriously in jeopardy, right? But um, but it's uh, Schumacher's record is a ninety-one record, as ninety-one races, like you say. And Hamilton this year, I think that that's probably not as we don't know. I mean, look, we're saying there's only eight races that's official right now. F1 is saying they're trying to get fifteen races. We don't know what's going to happen. What if we get a treatment for? For COVID, or what if the vaccine comes out early, or whatever, and we get a bunch of races? What if the pink Mercedes passes up the silver one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I don't know how that works, but uh, another one of the records that could be broken is consecutive constructors' championship. Mercedes already level with the record with Ferrari on this, and they've won their sixth constructors' title in a row last year. But this season, they could take the record outright. And I mean, look, let's face it, that's pretty, that's very possible. But what I do love about this season, Les, is that there's so many intangibles with we don't know how many races are going to happen. And what if, a, you know, what if somebody on the Mercedes team gets the virus and then Lewis Hamilton has to quarantine and misses two races? So, you know, none of this stuff at the beginning of the season, you would have said Hamilton's going to get that record. Very likely that Mercedes gets the consecutive consecutive constructors championship record. But with this pandemic we have no idea about well, how this is going to play out you bring up a very interesting point that one of the podcasts uh, from europe brought up and said realize if we have a, a a positive test on a team of a critical member that is shared between the two drivers it could take out two drivers consume their reserve and then you're liable to have to take somebody out of the developer development program yeah. to keep that constructor on course. And so uh, they're like, it's very possible, you know, certainly, you know, all the masks and all the hygiene, PPE, everything is doing a great job and they expect it to be very good. But the odds are that uh, out of 20 people, I bet, well, I know you know more than 20 people, but I bet that's not unreasonable to expect one person out of those 20 to come down with something, even with all the care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's face it. We know how contagious this thing is, so we don't, we don't know. But uh, let me look at some of the other ones. I don't know if we want to go in depth on every one, but youngest champion could happen this year. Of course, with Charles Leclerc or Max Verstappen could become the youngest champion in history. Do you so, want to cast your vote on that? You know, I don't, I don't know, Les. Um, I mean, look, let's face it. If, if we want to go down that path, we got to talk about who we think is going to win this year. And 
I think it, it's just so hard to, to bet against Mercedes right now. But the, as if we go back to early testing, early season testing back in February, you know, Red Bull looks fast, right? So well, that's why it, I'm going with Max. Could I'm it be it. Max Verstappen? Yeah, I mean, but but you know, last year, remember, we thought Ferrari looks so fast in testing. We thought, oh, it's going to be Ferrari. They're going to be the team to beat. Well, you know, that that didn't happen. So, okay. Well, you also didn't agree with me when I said uh, Alex Albon was going to get a good seat. <laughs> That's true, Les. You called that one big time last year. So, but yeah, both those guys are 22 years old. The record, of course, is Sebastian Vettel. He was 23 years and 100 and something days. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, races. The next one is races finished in the points. Schumacher finished in the points a whopping 221 times between 92 wow. and 08. But Lewis Hamilton and Kimi Räikkönen, both of them are just eight behind the record so come on I mean, Kimmy I want Kimmy to get something yeah I mean look let's face it if if they run e even with only officially eight races you got to figure Hamilton's going to be in the points most of the yeah. time so it's very likely that Hamilton will break that but we'll see it but uh, the other one is races started Rubens Barrichello at 322 starts and Raikkonen is right on his heels of 312 so uh yeah Raikkonen could take that easily so uh Grand Prix's won having led every lap Erden Senna holds that record and but two more for Hamilton and he'll and he'll uh, equal his fellow Britain uh also and then most podium finishes just four off the record of Schumacher's 100, 155 is Hamilton at 151 and the last one they talked about pole positions on the same race and it's funny, had Hamilton grabbed that pole in Australia, it would have given him a record nine poles at that, at that race, uh, breaking the record held by himself, uh, Senna and Schumacher. So we'll see. But that is, but those are good. I, I do like um, the fact that, that those are potential records for this season. And those are a bunch of good ones too. To me, that, that is a reason. Uh, to me, I, I really think this is a year that a lot of, chances or risk will be taken from a performance standpoint yeah you yeah. know it, it's uh everybody's kind of just disconnected and and you know we're all somewhat dysfunctional this season trying to figure out what to do and there's so many options i feel like this might be the one that's like let's go for it there's going to be a big asterisk next to 2020 anyway let's let's just throw it against the wall and see what sticks yeah all right, well, look, let's just go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I think I'm going to run down the teams a little bit. We did a full preseason on all the teams, but I will run down them a little bit. And uh, we got some, you know, we're going to have Gunther Steiner. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. We're going to have him throughout the season. And, of course, we got Dave O'Neill, who used to be with the Haas F1 team. So we're going to do a lot of Haas F1 coverage this year. And there's an interesting quote from uh, Gunther Steiner that I want to read talking about how they're what they expect and and upgrades they will or may or may not do money they may or may not spend so let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and get in depth with that you listen to speed city back after these messages Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, Brendan Hotley. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We are going to talk uh, a little team-by-team F1 right now because we've kind of had, obviously, a huge pause to the season. There's been a reset button. We've had teams that have done some upgrades to the cars. We've had some more testing, as we were talking about. And so there's been quite a bit. And I think I, I want to start at what I expect to be the top of the top of the grid here with Mercedes. I still think Mercedes is probably the favorite for the season. And I think right on their heels will be Red Bull. But they haven't tested their 2020 car since Barcelona. So that's interesting. Um, I mean, if you recall less, remember the heating problems they had last year? At a couple of the races, they are saying that they've had those, that they've gotten that solved, right? That they're not going to have those heating problems. And they do have some upgrades coming to the car that happened post-COVID and after the factories opened back up uh, back in May. So there's, you know, we don't really know what to expect at this point, but any thoughts from you on Mercedes, Les? You know, I think uh, Mercedes still going. Uh, Hamilton actually went out and tested this week at Silverstone. And so that was the first uh, testing they've got. The testing is more around the protocol and the processes than it really was the vehicle. Uh, Again, the limited personnel coming into play and how they're going to accomplish this. Yeah. Well, I just said it, Red Bull a few minutes ago is that it looks like they are, you know, maybe even co-favorites, right? I mean, look, they do well at Austria and we got the first two races of the season. Wouldn't it be amazing if we came out of Austria with Red Bull leading the points, which could happen. So, I mean, well, you've they- got, uh, you know, Red Bull has a big Austria presence and fan base as well as uh, Toto Wolff. Uh, so, you know, they they both have something to show for. Yeah. And I guess I would have to say Ferrari, you know, I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, um, they didn't have a lot of speed or they didn't have the same kind of speed they had last year, let's say, coming out of Barcelona testing early this year. And, um, you know, they did test at Mugello. So maybe they have that same kind of Andrew was just talking about. If they've got, if they've done some testing at Mugello and Mugello turns out to be a race and have a little, a little leg up there. But I do love the beginning of the F1 season because we don't know, right? Nobody knows anything, but that's kind of what we expect. Um, next I was good to say McLaren, Renault, probably the next in that group. And Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris did some testing in a Carlin F3 car. Do you see that at Silverstone, Les? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, uh, we met Carlin at the 100th running of the Indy 500, Jonathan and I. Carlos, yeah. And he shared with us just kind of some of the things that were coming up, Formula One, that he's getting a lot of folks that were interested in it. So I'm loving that we're seeing that name pop up around this now. Yeah. And they do have some upgrades uh, coming since February, March for the car at Austria. So we'll see. I don't know all the details on that, but we'll see how that goes. And you know what? While we're on McLaren, we got at least, I don't know, we had a chance to really talk about, you know, McLaren's financial troubles. And I, and, 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 uh, I want to get Dave O'Neill's take on this. Uh, but, you know, they were exploring a partial sale of the F1 team. That news came out. So I, I don't know how that's going to play out, but man, it's, it's scary less how this pandemic is, you know, 
we saw Williams already saying essentially the same thing. And this pandemic, I mean, a name like McLaren, I just, I just didn't expect that. I mean, but I you know, to see that go down, I actually, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's not just the racing, uh, the car business itself. Uh, That's right. Could be impacted. I've reached out to uh, one of the vice presidents there to, to try to get him to join us and, and help us understand what's going on. And, and, you know, Hey, drum up some support if we can. Love yeah. To be there. And by the way, I did hear from the McLaren team. We're trying to get Zach Brown. It looks like we're going to get Zach Brown this coming week. So we'll have, we'll probably have a recorded interview that, uh, that we do next week. And so we'll have that on our Formula One pre-show next Sunday morning. By the way, that starts our, we go on the air at 7 a.m. Central time here in Austin. So just an hour before the race is the way to remember that. So if you want to hear, especially our American take on formula one and, uh, Flip us on and go to our website to check that out, speedcitybroadcast.com. Or flip us in. off if you don't like the American <laughs> Flip us on or flip us off, either one. <laughs> but McLaren also, you know, a week ago, they said they're exploring the option of selling partial stake. And then this week, it says that they've uh, begun legal proceedings in a, in a, a bid to secure some urgent refinancing. So, um, yeah, that's... You know, the, on that note, let, let's deviate a second. So Latifi comes from deep pockets stroll comes from deep pockets there's a growing concern that the likes of latifi and stroll and other names like that are getting kids on the getting drivers on the grid that haven't earned their place from skill what do you think of that because this is a time that those people really could take advantage of it if they've got the means and the cash to buy their way onto the grid with the kid that doesn't deserve to be out of a soapbox derby car. Uh, all, all I can say is that this is motor racing and never underestimate somebody with deep pockets. I mean, that's just, that's that's a fact of life in motor racing. So, hey, let's continue down the uh, the, the grid here. So, Renault, um, this was interesting because they got to do, they did two days of testing at the Red Bull ring, right? Where we're gonna have two first the two first races. That's great. They did this with their test team, did some creative um, switching around of people that had to do quarantining back to the UK. And of course, Ricardo and, uh, and uh, Ocon, they don't live in the UK, so they didn't have to do that. So I, I would think that Renault is probably going to be in this hunt. And then after that, I would say Alpha Tori, they did some, they did, I guess they, well, they did a, a, a filming day at Imola where there might be a GP there as well. Right. They've had a, they've got a, a few upgrades and you know, this is, this is interesting because this this team, I say, because Kvyat and Gasly, who we got to spend a bunch of time with last year, which was awesome, it's a pivotal year for both of these guys. And I, I want to see how they do. After that, you know, we've got the racing point, pink Mercedes, as they're calling it, you know, the copy, the essential aerodynamic copy of the 2019 Mercedes. I wonder they, if they just bought the old body stock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It almost it looks like it, obviously. So that was always a big story. And they've, they've done a little testing on their 2020 car. Uh, after that, I don't know, Sauber, Haas, Williams. Uh, I want to talk about, let, let's talk about Haas because there's a really good quote from Gunther Steiner who we're, we'll have, I, I said it earlier, but we're going to have him on throughout the season. We're probably going to try to get him about at least once a month and get him on the show. And we're also talking about doing something really creative for the Haas F1 team for the USGP if it happens here in Austin. So we'll see how that works out. Maybe do something from their garage or something. But uh, but let me read you this quote from Haas F1 team principal Gunther Steiner. He said- Are you gonna use the accent? I'm not even gonna try. But uh, he said, in the moment, they're talking about upgrades, right? He said, in the moment, we're not planning any upgrades until we know exactly what we are doing this year budget-wise and what we are doing race-wise. Right, I mean, how do you plan for a season when you don't even have any races you're gonna have? And it's not like they've got the budget of Ferrari and Mercedes and Red Bull. So, you know, he says- Certainly not without a British energy drink. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> then there's that too. He says, I cannot spend money, which I don't know I've got. There's no point we can do that at the moment. We'll be, we have to be very cautious with what we're doing because obviously you no know, income is going down, having less races, having races without spectators. So until I'm clear, I'm gonna be cautious. So um, I don't blame him. And I think that's a smart way to do this. Williams. The first thing that comes to mind, they haven't done any testing. It looks like it's going to be the same spec car, just like Haas for Australia. And But the thing that comes to mind when I think of them is George Russell. 
I said this last, last back earlier in the summer when George Russell was doing so good in the virtual racing that he's coming out of that with a lot of confidence, with a ton of confidence. So that's what I think of when I think of Williams F1 right now is that George Russell, and look, let's face it, I know it's virtual racing, but confidence is the number one thing you want in your race driver. So I think that there's nothing wrong with George Russell having to spend a lot of time doing all no. of that and coming out of that with a lot of confidence. George Russell is last year's Ocon. Ah, I like that. I like that. All right, guys. Well, guys and gals, we are out of time. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. And after hearing Jonathan and Dave at the racetrack, I, that just puts me over the top ready for the season. And we're so excited about it. So uh, our season for Formula One starts next Sunday morning, 7 a.m., bright and early. So go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. You can hear the pre-show, the race, and the post-race. And you can call in and get your opinion on the air. We, wanted, we want you guys to do that. So check out our website. We'll have all that information there. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we will talk to you next Sunday. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.